on today's episode of the Blue Blood, September 13th, uh, Friday the 13th. There's bad luck in the air and upsets are on the horizon. Uh, we've got our pick six segment, upsets of the week, storylines, and an all-new self-explanatory segment called Heisman Watch. So let's get started. So on this week's pick six, um, you know, again, this is our segment where we talk about six matchups or six of the best matchups of the week that, you know, Zach and I choose. Um, our first matchup this week is going to be between Pitt and Penn State, uh, a rivalry game within the state of Pennsylvania. Um, you know, a once pretty lively rivalry. Now it kind of seems dominated by one side. Um, but this game's going to be at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And Penn State is a 17-point favorite in this one. Zach, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, so I really don't have high hopes for this game, to be completely honest with you. It look, Pittsburgh has had a lot of struggles this season, um, only averaging about 17 points a game. And their one game against a pretty good Virginia team who's just recently cracked the top 25, they weren't even really competitive, uh, coming out with a loss 30-14. to 14. Well, and that um, game was actually pretty – it was pretty good in the first half. Um, I, I, th- I believe that Pitt had a lead going into halftime, and they, they kind of blew that in the second half uh, with sloppy defensive play. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Toward the end there, Virginia just overall looked like the better team. Um, I mean, but Pitt's defense hasn't really been their uh, problem. Um Actually, for this game, I think it's really going to be a defensive battle. Um, both teams are allowing under 300 yards per game. Um, but the only like plot twist to that is that Penn State's averaging 62 points per game. But that I think that's highly inflated by a string of like, playing some not very good teams. So I really think this game is going to be a low-scoring defensive struggle. I can see that definitely. Um, and, and I do think that Penn state is a very overrated team this year. Uh, I mean, they're, they're coming in this week ranked at 13 in the nation. I mean, I, I don't see them finishing this way. I don't see them finishing any higher than 13. I actually, I, I could see them finishing unranked, especially with the schedule they have to go through in the big 10, uh, in the big 10 East. But um we saw them last week come out and struggle against Buffalo in the first half. Uh, and they, as a matter of fact, they were losing 10 to seven at halftime uh, against Buffalo. Yeah. So I also agree that Penn state might be a little overrated. Um, the voters, the pollsters, they really didn't seem to take into account the amount of talent this Penn state team lost over the past few years. Um, I think quarterback Sean Clifford um, is a very good player but he's not Trace McSorley. And they don't have a player like Saquon that they have had previous years. So I really think the loss of talent plays a way bigger role in Penn State struggles this year than people are giving it credit for. 
Right, absolutely. Um, and, and so I think that the players to watch in this matchup are going to be actually uh, Pitt's quarterback, Kenny Pickett, uh, who looked great against an Ohio team last week. But, you know, we have to remember it is Ohio. That is a, that is a, a Mac school. Um, but he went 26 for 37, 321 yards and a touchdown against them last week. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The biggest thing for me is um, what is the perception of this game outside of Pennsylvania? Will a Penn State win boost their rankings and maybe give a perception that this team is not overrated? Or will it even matter? Will people look at Pitt's first struggles against Virginia and the not-so-impressive season and just chalk this up to Penn State playing a lesser opponent? Right. Uh, and you say lesser opponent, but this is a pit team that went to the ACC championship last season. I mean, they played, played Clemson um, in the ACC title. I, I, I agree, but I really think that ACC, especially Pittsburgh's division, was not necessarily strong. And as we all saw in the ACC championship, they it, it wasn't even – they were out, totally outclassed by Clemson in the ACC championship. And I really don't, I I really don't think making the argument that they made it to the ACC championship after a very weak ACC performance outside of Clemson last year. I really, I don't know how much weight that pulls. And I just, I don't see this game really being super close. And I think if Penn state comes out here and if they cover the 17 point spread, I think it's going to be, 70 30 like people's perception on this game being that Penn State was just better than Pittsburgh and Pitt just wasn't wasn't the team they they were last year and I don't even think Pittsburgh's in contention to make it to the ACC championship this year okay uh and some closing thoughts for me on this one uh I've got Penn State winning uh but I think that Pittsburgh does cover um so last year uh they did get you know, beaten pretty soundly by Penn State at home, uh, you know, to add on to that. And so uh, I think it was 50, I think it was 56 to six, maybe something like that anyway. Um, but they were, you know, they got blown out at home. I think that Pitt comes into this rivalry game um, kind of fired up looking for revenge. I think they cover that spread. Um, I think they, you know, maybe they lose by a touchdown or two, but uh, I do have Penn State winning this game for sure. Yeah, I'm um, sure as everyone could tell, I also have Penn State winning this game. Yeah, exactly. I have a, I, yeah, I have a winning it pretty dis- decisively. I would say they cover um, 17 point spread. I don't know how much they cover it by, but I, I say a 20, 30 point win sounds about right in my opinion, um, <laughs> based off how these teams have played this year. Yeah, we, we we know we all know that Zach can hide his emotions very well. We learned that from the uh, from the Tennessee talk <laughs> on the last episode. Um, so. So hopefully we have a show where we avoid Tennessee for one episode at least. We aren't supposed to talk about them. Um, anyway, anyway, so moving on, um, our next matchup is going to be Stanford at number 17, UCF. Um, this game's at 2.30 on Saturday, and UCF comes in as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, and, and honestly, I have UCF winning this game uh, by a lot. Um, and, and the reason – my, I mean, it's UCF team that's been very underrated somehow. I mean, you know, they've lost one game in two years, and they are still – I mean, they're being slept on by everybody. Um, yeah, as we all know, Brandon is very high on UCF, has them in the top ten of his 
top 25, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, But I really think the key to this game is going to be the return of K.J. Costello, the quarterback for Stanford. That was was my next question. Uh, I was wondering if he'd be back uh, because Davis Mills is a bum, and so him being back (laughs) makes, makes a huge difference. Yes, uh, Stanford announced, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, that K.J. Costello will play. Um, I think that's the X factor, and that is why I have Stanford pulling the upset over UCF. Um, Oh, that's nuts. I I don't think last week against USC was was a good measuring stick for the Stanford team. Their starting quarterback was out of the game. They had injuries along the offensive line. They were not a put-together team. They get some of those players back, and the biggest returnee is K.J. Costello, and I think he is going to be the game-changer for this team, and he is going to lead them down into Central Florida and upset the the Knights. Nah, listen. <laughs> you come into Camping World Stadium to play the University of Central Florida Black Knights with a quarterback who is coming off of a concussion – there's no way they win this game. I, I mean, <laughs> there's just not. Um, and, and you know, obviously with my last question to you about is KJ Costello back, I didn't, you know, I couldn't have studied on this game too much. Um, you know, I'll say it again and again. I'm a heart guy, not an analytics guy. I'm not a nerd. And so UCF wins this game by a million in my, in my opinion. Um, I don't think that yeah, I don't think they blow a game in Orlando. Yeah, um well as everyone knows, Brandon's the heart guy. Um your boy here is the analytic guy. I will I claim, down to earth. I, I, I will claim like the loser. nerd role. <laughs> I will claim the nerd role. Um as a you know, as the as the guy as the guy here who's in graduate school, I will claim the nerd role. Oh, sick and, anything else? Yeah, here? right. Um, but the thing I am worried about, even though I have Stanford pulling the upset, is Costello has to lead this offense to better production. Um, this season, only 18 points per game and only 115 rushing yards per game. So the running game has to help Costello out. And I think the Stanford offensive line gets the best of the front seven of UCF, and they actually are able to run the ball and take some of the pressure off Costello. And I think um, – Stanford just makes some plays at the end. Um, I don't think it's a big win. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, and I think Stanford's going to wear down this UCF team and sneak out with a win. All right. Um, well, I, I don't have any more thoughts on this game. Obviously, I think Zach's being ridiculous right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts on this? No, nah, man. Uh, just uh, let's, let's, let's go Stanford. Um, let's pull off the upset. Go, go Stanford. Cardinal, yeah. go. Let's go. Yeah, right. I don't even think they have like a cheer. I think they, I think they all just study their textbooks in the crowd and look up. And if they win, they just like cheer a little bit. Then they all go back to the library. They just hang out. They just hang out in, in, in the Bay Area. That's what they do. All right. Moving on, we have another matchup at two thirty. Um, and what's going on with all these with all these early Pac twelve games? I think they're tired of playing at one o'clock in the morning, man. I mean, that those, Washington uh, Cal game didn't finish till like two o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. But those are the best games because those are the games that you're chasing after a long day of 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 losing all your matchups, all your picks. So those are the ones that bail you out. You got to remember, man. The playoff committee isn't made up of frat gods, man. They're made up of oh, I don't know people that. with four hundred one ks that go to bed at eight thirty. So oh, not you, you, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, way to attack me. <laughs> um, all right, so we have number 24, USC, uh, coming in as a four-point favorite at BYU, so in Utah. Um, and my pick is USC for uh, one reason and two words, and that is Keaton Slovis. This quarterback put on an absolute show last week against Stanford. Yeah, uh, the, my notes verbatim is Keaton Slovis wins game. It's not even USC wins the game. It's Keaton Slovis. <laughs> I straight um, up, I straight up wrote, <laughs> I wrote two words, Keaton Slovis. <laughs> so, so I did a lot of research on this one. Yeah, I just uh, the, this USC team, the sky's the limit with this kid. If he keeps growing, this could be one of the feel good stories of the year where this kid comes in on and like after an unfortunate injury to their starting quarterback, JT Daniels. And this kid could lead them to the Pac-12 championship and a chance to get into the playoff that they keep winning. They have the schedule. I believe they're the only Pac-12 team that I think has the schedule and hasn't lost a game yet that has a chance to get to the playoff. Um, and beating a BYU team on the road is another notch in their, another notch in their belt. In, in my opinion, I think going to an environment like BYU, where we saw Utah go earlier this season and pull out a win, I think this this could be a game where they're where they show that they can go on the road and beat a pretty strong Power Five team. No, and I honestly think the same thing about USC. I think that Keaton Slovis has the star power, um, and he's he's that good of a quarterback uh, as a freshman um, that. You know, you see USC's head coach Clay Helton come in on the hot seat on both of our hot seats, actually, in uh, in our you know when we introduced that segment. Um, but he he may not be on the hot seat actually if they can pull this out. I, I agree. Um, I think the way Keaton Slovis is playing, they could get to nine and three, ten and two, eleven and one, um, and I think that's enough to keep for Clay Helton to keep his job. I don't see um, Clay Helton being fired this year. They might have to wait another year on the whole Urban Meyer hire. No, he'll wait. <laughs> he wants to spend time with his kids. That's what he. That's what he said. I feel even Florida and Ohio State. So I don't know how many kids yeah. this dude has, but they must have a lot of time on their Just hands. Keeps popping them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the big thing is both these teams had emotional emotional wins last week. I said I hope they didn't come up on the show, but here we are with BYU beating Tennessee last week in overtime in Neyland. And USC having a dominating win over Stanford. I think both of those were big program-defining wins of the season. And let's see how they rebound and how quickly they gather focus on this next game and who comes out ready to play. It is crazy, though, to see Utah go from, you know, playing a somewhat decent uh, playing a decent matchup against Utah. I'm sorry, BYU playing against Utah in a decent matchup um, to them going to overtime with the team who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I think this is a very inconsistent team, um, and I think we get that a lot with BYU. Uh, but I think their defense this week is going to have to come up big if they're even going to have a chance against this against this USC team. I mean, with I mean, they, this offense might be unstoppable. Uh, especially in the Pac-12, um, if Keaton Slovis keeps playing the way that he's been playing. I agree. Um, I believe, if I had to say, I would say the better offense will win the game. And in my opinion, that's USC by a mile. By a million, yeah. Yeah, I think they cover. Uh, I, I really don't see this being a close game. It was 30-12 to 12 for Utah over BYU, and I think USC 
can put up a 34-13, something like that, where it's really not even close toward the end of the game. And I think Keaton Slovis has another big game. And USC moves up in the rankings again. They're going to start sneaking up into contention into the top 15, top 10. And it could be even further if they start beating these teams later uh, later in their schedule. Absolutely. Um, uh, any closing thoughts on this matchup? Nope. USC by a million, as you would say. <laughs> You're right. Um, and, and so my pick was USC, and I, you know, they do cover. It's a four-point spread. Of course they cover. Are you kidding me? All right. And after this, we have uh, number 19, Iowa, who comes in as a two-point favorite against Iowa State in a 3 p.m. matchup. Um, and this is college game day, and Zach has told me before recording that he has some issues with this game being at 3 p.m. Yeah. Uh, the last two college game day games were primetime games on ABC – this game is going to be better than a lot of the games uh, later the night of the, later that night, and I really am upset that they put this game at three thirty. But it's okay. I understand it's Iowa, but why not keep the streak of competitive primetime games on uh, the primetime slot on ABC or ESPN or? Fox? I don't care where you put it, but give us something to watch later that night, man. I, I just. I and just don't understand point, it. Before Zach gets too riled up, uh, to, to your point, um, the, this is going to be a very competitive game. Um, you know, we see an Iowa team that has looked pretty strong this year uh, going against Iowa State, who struggled their first week, went to triple overtime with Northern Iowa. Um, and not only that, I mean, they took a week two bye. Um, I mean, I guess they had a week to prepare for Iowa, but it's, you know – it's so a week two by. <laughs> I don't know how prepared they can get after almost losing, almost blowing a game to Northern Iowa in week one. Yeah, they did not look very impressive. Iowa, on the other hand, like you said, looks very impressive. I really think the quarterback battle is going to determine this game. Brock Purdy uh, from, Iowa, from Iowa State looks really good. Nate Stanley from Iowa looks extremely good. Almost 500 yards passing and six touchdowns. I think the quarterback between these two teams that has the best game will lead that team to victory. And personally, I think it's Nate Stanley and Iowa. Right. And we see, or at least, you know, um, in my opinion, we see a much better defense out of this Iowa squad. Um, I, I think that Iowa has the overall better team this year. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I obviously have no dog in this fight. Uh, shout out Michael Vick, but we, uh, you know, I think Iowa wins this game pretty easily. Um, it's a two-point spread, and this game's usually pretty close. But I, I think that Iowa wins it by a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. Yeah, I completely agree. My concern is, is there going to be any rushing yards gained in this game? No, Iowa neither only, team has a running back. Yeah, Iowa only rushes only rushed for 68.5 yards in their first two games. And Iowa State put up 34 yards rushing against Northern Iowa. I I don't even understand why you would hand the ball off in this game. Might as well just line up a shotgun and air it out, old air raid style. Just let it fly because yeah. it looks like neither of these teams are getting anywhere on the ground. Yeah, say goodbye to any pro-style hopes you may have had in this matchup because, uh, I, I mean, honestly, there there is no running back game from either team. Um I mean, but the quarterbacks, I mean, they make up for that. I mean, these are these are two quarterbacks that, I mean, they're, they, they look pretty good. I totally agree. But like I said, I think Nate Stanley's going to outplay Brock Purdy. And I just think I was a better team 
overall than Iowa State. I think there's a little bit of home field advantage, but I have Iowa pulling this out by probably a touchdown or so. They'll cover the spread because the spread's so low, but this game is going to come down until late in the fourth quarter. I just think the better team is going to pull this game out, and in my opinion, that's Iowa. You know, and I'd feel much better about Iowa winning. You know, I do have them picked, but and I think this will be a good game. I feel a million times better about them if they were playing at Iowa with the hospital. Something about that's so special to me. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I have a theory that they cannot lose when they play at home because of that. Um, any closing thoughts on this matchup? No, definitely not. I agree with you, though. If the game was at Iowa, I'd have the winning by a million. Right. All right, moving on uh, to our fifth game. Uh, at 6.30, we have number one Clemson uh, going to Syracuse. Uh, Clemson's coming in as a 27.5-point favorite. Um, I'm obviously going with Clemson on this one, but I think the spread's kind of – I mean, that's a big spread, especially coming off the game last year. Uh, Clemson covers. Clemson by 50, Clemson by 100, Clemson by 300. That's bold. Just, Did you, have it, you seen it, Trevor it, Lawrence this year? <laughs> that's my – that's the thing – I think Trevor Lawrence lights it up. I think he is tired of hearing people like us who can't throw a football as far no, as some he idiots, can. just two, yeah. two morons <laughs> talking crap about him. He's like, you know what? I'm throwing for 400 this game. Just, um, two, just two degenerates just talking about <laughs> talking about a kid younger than us, right? Like I, I never thought I'd be that guy, but Trevor Lawrence has not played well this year. Only 436 yards, and he has more interceptions than he does touchdowns this year. That's not a strong performance considering he came in the overwhelming Heisman favorite. Right. And, and last week, we didn't even see a great performance from Travis Etienne um, uh, out of Clemson. I mean, they play Texas A&M. That's a tough defense, um, especially under coach Jim Fisher, uh, Jimbo Fisher. But, uh, I mean, this Clemson team, uh, you know, I think they win pretty soundly. I think four touchdowns is kind of a – I mean, I think that's almost ridiculous. And I understand that Syracuse isn't the team that they've been – you know, in, in past seasons. Um, and I don't think that there's very much weight to the argument that the game was very close between these two last year. I mean, this is the first game that Trevor Lawrence really got to play in um, for Clemson last year. Uh, and, and not only that, but I mean, we saw him share time with another quarterback. I mean, we saw him share, uh, share time with Chase Bryce last year. Um, he only threw for 93 yards and, and Clemson struggled, but I mean, you can't really do anything when you don't have one quarterback who's who's running the offense, and especially not when you have a true freshman in his first game ever. Yeah, uh, people forget Trevor Lawrence got knocked out with a concussion mid-second quarter. Oh, that's um, tough. Yeah, so that's the reason why he technically shares snaps with um, the backup. And so Clemson won that game with their third-string quarterback, which should speak volumes about the amount of talent they have. The only reason I have Clemson covering is this Syracuse defense has been god-awful. 442 yards per game allowed. And Clemson's offense is already averaging 510. I think Clemson blows the lid. A lot of people are talking about the potential upset watch because in 2017, Syracuse knocked off Clemson um, at home 27-24. It's not going to happen. Clemson will cover, and Trevor Lawrence will have a rebound game for two quarters before he's set just in case. Right. Any closing thoughts on this matchup? No. All right. So moving on, we have number five, Oklahoma, um, who is a 23-and-a-half point favorite visiting UCLA at 7 p.m. 
and oh my goodness, Oklahoma is going to score a million points on this terrible, terrible UCLA defense. Yeah, Oklahoma's offense is averaging 700 yards per game this year, and UCLA's defense. UCLA's defense is allowing 400 yards. They might put up a thousand yards offense <laughs> if, and that's if they're nice and bench Jalen Hurts after the first quarter. I thought they, you were going to pull a me and say they were going to score a thousand points, and I was like, dude, you're on my level now. <laughs> this is I love this podcast now. No, Jalen Hurts is good. Might they might as well give Jalen Hurts the Heisman after this game? He is going to his stats are going to be so ridiculous after week three that it's going it's it's going to literally they're just going to have to etch his name on it right now. They might as well just have the Heisman ceremony on right after the game. Just have it all on UCLA's field. I made a chart for my notes on this one. Um, these are my only notes. Uh, well, I have one thing written underneath it, but but this is a majority of my notes. I just wrote UCLA bad, Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb good. And so, you know, based on my elementary math skills, I'm going to go with Oklahoma on this one, uh, cover the spread. I mean, they might win by a thousand. You're, I mean, you might be right. I mean, Chip Kelly has to get his stuff together. He's he needs to be fired. Um, he does, and I think, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, been looking into it a lot. I think that he went to the NFL and then came back to college, but he's still trying to implement, you know, college. Or sorry, NFL plays into college systems. I mean, he's he's taking professional plays and feeding them to literal amateurs. And they just can't – I mean, they can't run them. No. And the fact that he has no signature wins so far at UCLA, like there's not a win that UCLA has had because they've only had three since he's been there. You know how bad you have to be for – and you mentioned this in another episode about how UCLA is kind of the bottom feeders in the, in the Pac-12 now, about how they don't get any recruits. Do you know how bad your team has to be, especially UCLA – I mean that's a that's a big name. You know how bad you have to be to not get any recruits. Very bad, and I really think it might just be his personality. Oh he gosh. wasn't really liked in the NFL. He really wasn't liked at Oregon. Really, they a lot of people went there because of the name, because of the uniforms, because of the system that got people to the NFL. And I feel like now that he isn't winning, why would you go put up with his BS if? He's not a good if he's not someone you want to play for if you're not winning. So I think it's all it's all come full circle for Chip Kelly, and I think he might be out of here this year because they're about to start zero and three, and I don't see where he gets any where he gets much better throughout the season. Yeah, um, and my closing thoughts on this one, I guess I'm just going to say uh, I'm going to reiterate this point: UCLA bad, Jalen Hurts, Ceedee Lamb great, um, and so that's our pick six segment. Um, we remain pretty consistent, Zach and I do. Uh, I usually pick the favorites. We disagree on one game, and that's probably how it's going to be because that's, we're, we're stubborn. Um, but moving on from this, uh, we've got our next segment. Uh, we've got our upsets of the week, and I'll let Zach go ahead and start with this one. Yeah. So every week, me and Brandon are going to give you one game. Uh, both of us are going to give you one game each week that we think the underdog is going to win the game. And mine, I would say, probably isn't one that's on a lot of people's radar. Uh, it's an 11 o'clock kickoff down in Starkville, Mississippi. I have the Kansas State Wildcats coming into Starkville and upsetting the Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Mississippi State Bulldogs 
eight-point favorites, uh, but they have not looked that impressive outside of Colin Hill, the running back. They had a sloppy 10-point win over Louisiana Lafayette in the first game of the season, and for the most part struggled against Southern Miss up until late in the game when they pulled away. Colin Hill has over 300 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Great stats, but K-State right now has played similar talent as Mississippi State has and is averaging 50 points a game and only allowing seven. So Kansas State has looked much more impressive than Mississippi State, and I think Mississippi State could be overlooking Kansas State because they have two straight big SEC games in the next in the coming weeks in Kentucky, and then they have to travel to Jordan-Hare to play Auburn. I think that all plays a role and a factor in Kansas State upsetting Mississippi State this weekend. All right, so uh, that's that's a great pick. Um, I can honestly see it happening. I think this is a Kansas State team with a lot of potential. Um, you know, they they obviously aren't going to go as far to win, you know, the Big Twelve or anything. But I think they are. No, de- definitely not. They're not that good. They're not Oklahoma good. But also, <laughs> don't think Mississippi State is very good this year. I think losing all the talent that they had really affected them. I mean, they had three first-round NFL draft picks last year, along with losing Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, which might be the second-best quarterback ever to come through Mississippi State. And that's a that's a lot to overcome. And I don't know about you guys, but the worst alarm clock in the world would be cowbells at 11 a.m. Uh, oh that just sounds like the worst combination of stuff. Plus, it's going to be 94 degrees not to, in the middle of that game. That is to mention, going to be terrible. Not to mention you're in Starkville, Mississippi. Oh, my God. Right? That sounds like a nightmare. And I think Kansas State's going to come in there. It's, they're not going to blow Mississippi State out. Do not, do not quote me on that. But I think they'll pull out a seven, ten-point win. All right. So, moving on to my upset. Um, I've chosen Houston, um, who is an eight-and-a-half-point underdog to Washington State to pull out a win this game. Um, and I don't think I've made – I don't think I've really made this point since we've started recording this podcast. Uh, but it, it's been – it was very hard for me to choose against Mike Leach. Uh, I like Mike Leach. He's a weird guy. Uh, super funny to me. Um, and my storyline of the week was almost about uh, how he wanted to go to the Area 51 raid this upcoming weekend. Uh, I I chose against that, um, you know, to try to keep things professional, but, um, uh, and I think these are two really good coaches. I mean, Mike Leach with, with Washington state, Dana Holgerson with, uh, with Houston, uh, two very offensive minded coaches. Um, and Dana Holgerson is one and one with the Houston team this year so far. Uh, but I mean, he dropped a loss to Oklahoma. Uh, I, I don't know how you pull out that win and they, but I mean, this Houston team put up 31 points against them. Uh, and, you know, that's not, you know, that's not saying, you know, entirely too much since Oklahoma doesn't really have a defense, uh, but they have a lot of offense and, you know, Houston held them under 50, I guess. Anyway, um, you know, I, Gardner Minshew isn't with Wazoo this, t- uh, this year. Um, I mean, they're still two and O without him uh, and they've lit up the scoreboard, but I mean, they played New Mexico State in Northern Colorado. Uh, I think the key to success this week for Houston is uh, is their quarterback Derek King. Um, he's a dual threat guy, uh, and he had a great game against Oklahoma that was overshined by Jalen Hurts' performance. Um, 
I mean, but if he can, I mean, if this quarterback can remain mobile, if he can uh, kind of keep this uh, Washington State uh, defense on their toes, I think that Houston can pull out this win easy. I actually really like that pick. Um, I still think Washington State pulls it out, but I think it's an intriguing game, and I think that is going to be the one of the more underrated games of the weekend. Yeah, that's Cougar on Cougar violence right there. <laughs> All right, so moving on to our next segment, um, our storylines of the week. Uh, in my notes, I specifically wrote to let Zach go first. So, Zach, please go first. Oh, boy. So, my, so I'm sorry if we've seen, like, SEC homers. Well, it's just, we are both Southern kids. This is what we grew up in. It's the news we get. So, my storyline of the week is about Alabama complaining about 11 a.m. kickoffs when they don't play anybody. So, in case you heard, the Alabama athletic director is disappointed at the SEC for scheduling their game next week against Southern Miss at 11 a.m. And he makes the bold claim that more early kickoffs have like are assigned to Alabama than any SEC team since 2004. So, Gus Malzahn at his press conference, which is the head coach at Auburn, was asked about his game against Kent State this week, which is scheduled at 6 p.m. And he said that he personally wishes it was a noon kickoff so he would have more time to prepare for the next opponent. In case you don't know anything about the Iron Bowl robbery, Auburn does not like Alabama and vice versa. So it was hella shade by Gus Malzahn to say that. So I was uh, – Paul Fonbaum released a graphic yesterday that actually showed that in September, Georgia has had nine 11, 11 a.m. games since 2014. Tennessee, Missouri, Ole Miss, Vandy, A&M, and Kentucky are all also above Bama in 11 a.m. kickoff games in September. Bama only has four. So it looks like Bama's just mad that they got an 11 a.m. kickoff. And as you heard, as if you listen to our last episode, the student section is on the hot seat. And it sounds like Alabama's is trying to make excuses to get out of the news for that. Yeah. Um, oh, man. It, it, it's so hard to not be biased, right, Zach? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got facts to back up my story, though, bro. I got facts. There you go. There you go. Alabama has not played a Power 5 road game since 2011. That's tough. It's a tough look. That is a very tough look. And all their neutral site games have been, like, in the South. All of them, but one to two have been in the Georgia Dome or the new Mercedes-Benz Stadiums in Atlanta. And then there was – Another one, I believe, last year in Louisville was in Camping World Stadium in Orlando, which was still closer to Alabama than it is Louisville. So, yeah, I don't know. And we made a point to talk about the Chick Fil A kickoff game this year. That was Alabama Duke, you know, at the Mercedes at the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Um, I mean, I I just I mean I can't wrap my head around why this was the Chick Fil A kickoff game. Right. I mean, so everyone tries to bail these teams out because they say that scheduling happens years in advance. But when – what – can you tell me the year since 1970 that Alabama-Duke was going to be a good game? 
because I, mean, I can't I can't think of a year. Maybe if you go back to the Mike Shuler years when Bama was trash, but at that point, I still think they were better than Duke. All right, Zach, I'm going to give you a minute to go check your blood pressure. Um, you sound piled <laughs> up. Uh, let's move on to my storyline of the week. Um, in my storyline of the week, uh, you know, juxtaposed to yours, I know that we're Southern. I know that we are from the South. Um, but I'm actually going up to Montana for my storyline of the week. Um, and, well, I figured that since there's no ranked matchups in college football this week, I was going to go uh, off the rails a little bit. Um, and my storyline of the week is that, I guess, dad jokes are back in a big way. Uh, recently, a compilation of the now-retired Montana Tech coach, Bob Green, surfaced. Um, and it's literally five minutes of this man cracking the best bad jokes uh, to reporters. And before we go any further, I, I want to stop and analyze that part real quick. Um, who in this world is a Montana Tech beat writer? I mean, I know that, that Zach and I are out here producing a podcast um, you know, to our, to our 50 listeners every week or bi-weekly, really. But, I mean, we're not Montana Tech beat writers. Anyway, before I get on my high horse there, <laughs> uh, not only that, but what, are the, what, part, what part of the country is Montana in, Zach? Uh, because, I mean, it's in the north and it's in the west, but it's definitely not in the northwest. As far as I'm concerned, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming are still in the Wild West. I mean, I'm sure there's shootouts somewhere in the saloon. I don't really know what goes on over there. Does anyone live there? I don't think so, man. No, anyway. I've never met someone from Montana, to be honest with you. I've met a lot of people. No, that's my – I guess that's my new conspiracy. Montana doesn't exist. Um, But anyway, Bob Green has been making jokes like, well, this game has been like your mother-in-law driving off a cliff in the Cadillac. We're conflicted. I mean, how do you not laugh at that? Um, and everyone's favorite, <laughs> my favorite fourth down play is when we punt. It's our team's best moment. Um, and so I guess my storyline has turned more into a story time. Uh, I mean, but I'm sure that all of you got, all of our listeners out there have heard this guy somewhere, probably on Facebook, um, because you're one uncle who just shares jokes. Like he uses this as his platform to share funny videos, has uh, posted it. And so I wanted to talk about that for a minute. There's no ranked games. I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. Um, Bob Green, what's the opposite of the hot seat? Because this, that's what this guy's on. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, He's Hall of Famer. Him right I'm now. inducting him. Is Montana Tech a high school? Because <laughs> it's got to be, right? I don't know, man. Like, no chance literally. is accredited. Uh, There's no way. Like, outside of, like, I, I really like thinking about Montana. Like, I don't think of anything. Like, if you like describe Montana in word, one word, I'd just be like Montana. Like, you could always describe <laughs> it with his name. Like, like I can't even name like one reason to go there. I mean, no, I guess to no say way. like I've been to Montana. Like, oh, okay, you should put that on your resume, bro. Like, <laughs> like you want to go see some like moose? Like, I, I don't, I don't. Is, I don't Mon- know. is Montana one of those states where they pay you to move there? I don't know, man. I know, like, I heard that, like, okay, so just fun facts since we're going on story time, guys. Sorry, I know this is a college football podcast, but I heard there's parts of, like, Montana with no speed limit because, like, literally no one lives anywhere near it, and, like, you won't hit anything. That's awesome. They just built their own Autobahn. There you go. But well, We should advertise that. Like, that should be their revenue. Like, I don't even understand what Montana <laughs> does to even support the state 
I mean, maybe it doesn't. Like, maybe when you drive, like, you just hit forest, and you're like, oh, this must be Montana. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on from this. <laughs> We're, I'm making a Montana Tech shirt, too, so watch out for merch dropping soon. Um, let's move on to our brand-new segment, pretty self-explanatory. Um, so self-explanatory that I won't even try to explain what it is. Uh, we've got our Heisman watch here. <laughs> If you can't figure that out, turn this podcast off right now. All right, and Zach, I'll let, let's 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 do let's do snake on this one because I'm feeling it. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. All right, you go first. So, me and Brandon will each. So I will explain it since you know. Brand, so don't turn off the podcast. I got you with some definitions. We'll each Please present our top three Hosman. Uh, players that are in like the Hoffman watch for us. So if we had to pick three players to go to New York right this second to go come to for people to vote on for the Hosman, these would be our three players. We're gonna do this weekly on our recap episodes. We wanted to wait till at least two weeks happened. So we had some stats so we didn't go into week one and be like and overreact and you know send the Maryland quarterback to New York because he beat Howard seventy nine to nothing. So we held off on that. And so we will start from the number three and go up to number one for each of us, which would be our Hoffman winner at this point. So my number three player is Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Okay. Um, he has been dominant. I know that this has been a quarterback award recently, but if there's a running back in the country that deserves this award or a chance to win this award, it is Jonathan Taylor. He has eight touchdowns rushing and receiving in 237 yards rushing as at this point for two games not terrible um that's over 100 yards per game if you can do simple math so i think wow, throughout the way season, to call us all out <laughs> so i think he'll get better throughout the season he has a huge matchup with michigan in week four which i'm sure will be in our pick six as that is going to be a huge matchup and i think that is where he will have his Heisman defining moment and I actually think that Jonathan Taylor could get to New York at the end of the season. Right. Um, and so with my number three pick, I'm going to go with, and this may come as a shocker to everybody. I don't even know if you've heard of him. Uh, Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Um, he's a wide receiver. And like you said, this has been a quarterback award year in and year out recently. Um, but if a wide receiver is going to win it, I think it's going to be this man right here or C.D. Lamb. I guess Jerry Judy, maybe. Um, but but Rondell Moore, uh, this season alone, I mean, he's had 24 receptions for 344 yards, and that's through two games. He's averaging 14.5 yards per catch right now. Um, you know, only two touchdowns. But, I mean, if you're, if you're moving the chains like that on every single catch, I mean, he's, he's a very reliable target. Um, and I think that he has an, a serious chance to win this award this year. Um, I mean, he's coming in at a 5'9 receiver. I mean, you don't see that nowadays. And so, uh, Rondell Moore, keep your eyes on him. Um, I, wanted to throw, I wanted to throw a dark horse in there. So, that was my number three. And since we're doing it snake style, I'll go ahead and go <laughs> my number two. We got lost in the snake again. We keep doing that. Um, I'm going to go with Justin <laughs> Herbert. He's my runner-up. And I know that in previous episodes, I've talked about him being my Heisman favorite. Um, but that is because I have one man that is just dominating the sport right now. 
Uh, but Justin <laughs> Herbert this year, I mean, I mean, he's 75% completion rate through two games. Uh, I mean, he's 47 for 63, 552 yards. I mean, that's an average of nine yards per, per throw. Um, six touchdowns. I mean, this – I think coming into the season, everyone chose Justin Herbert as one of their favorites to win the Heisman. Um, but, I mean, I, I think this guy is seriously talented. Um, and I think that his O-line gives them – gives him a much better chance of winning this award this year. Mm, that is a bold pick. Bold. Um, because I, I don't think he's in the top five at this moment. Like, maybe if you consider preseason – but if we're talking about just this season, I don't think he's top five. I think the quarterback that I'm about to name has played a thousand times better than him this year. I mean, I feel I feel attacked this episode, I'll be honest. <laughs> my number two, for all you people out there, and this is my pick to, like, really if it wasn't for my person at number one, this person would be the guarantee of the year at this point, and it is Mr. Joe Burrow from LSU. Okay. I'm the listening. kid – is a stud. I'm talking about Justin Herbert doesn't have anything on Joe Burrow's performance this year. 81% completion percentage, 750 yards, nine touchdowns, and with only one interception. And that winning touchdown throw, as I said last episode, was his Heisman defining moment. And we still have a long season for him to add to that highlight tape. I think Joe Burrow, if it wasn't for just one outstanding player, as Brandon said, dominating college football, Joe Burrow would be my favorite to go to New York and win the Heisman. But as of right now, he's at number two. And if he keeps up this performance, I think it's going to be a toss-up between him and the next person on my list. And I think our number ones are going to be the exact same person because I think everyone knows there's one person killing college football right now. Oh, I think that's wrong. Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. And he has an 83% completion percentage, almost 600 yards passing, and six passing touchdowns with no interceptions. He also has 223 yards rushing with another three touchdowns. I think that, I think Jalen Hurts is going just to keep improving those stats, and he is going to blow the Oklahoma rec- record book up and lead this team to really, really – impressive places and I think this might be the year that he proves Alabama might have made the wrong choice going with Tua and he I think he might right now he is my husband favorite Zach you couldn't have been more wrong about me um (laughs) you're you're assuming this episode you are I mean you were coming at my neck every time that you can and so for my number one pick because you obviously haven't been listening to me on any of the previous episodes I have got running back Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan you Taylor. Trip. You trip. No, come, come on. Hot take factory over here, Zach. Um, I mean, he's going to be the running back that takes Wisconsin to win the Big Ten this year. He's oh going to be the running back that takes Wisconsin to the college football playoff this year. He is going to be the running back that receives the Heisman Trophy. 35, attempts, <laughs> 35 carries for 237 yards this year, Zach. That's, that's seven yards a carry. That's five touchdowns. I mean, he has three receiving touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you said it. He's your number three. Jalen Hurts, I mean, uh, and I do think he's a good quarterback, and I've always liked him. And I, you know, I, I, I am not the biggest Alabama fan in the world um, by any means. Uh, and I think that's generous. Uh, but, but, I mean, Oklahoma has played. Um, I mean, they've played Houston, which I think is a good team. Um, and then last week they played South Dakota. 
Hang on. Zach, Wisconsin Zach. plays Central Michigan. And yeah, you want to know who Central Michigan? Corey oh, Davis okay. went to Central Michigan. Okay. But does Corey Davis play for Central Michigan right well, he this plays, second? He plays for he the Titans not. right now. Exactly. So it does not matter. That had no effect. That'd be like, you know who played at Alabama? You know who played at Alabama? <laughs> Joe Namath. Does that help? <laughs> does that help anything? No, man. Zach, <laughs> hear me out, okay? Okay? Jonathan Taylor – Oh my goodness! And, and everyone knows I'm super high on this Wisconsin team. After this for no week, reason. After this weekend, <laughs> when when Wisconsin beats Michigan, I mean it, it's gonna be. I mean it's it's gonna be embarrassing. I mean Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I agree with you. I think Jim Harbaugh is out of a job after this weekend because Wisconsin is going to embarrass them. It's uh, next weekend. It's next weekend, dude. Do you want? Do you really want to get into this right now? Because uh, I, you've been coming to my neck all episode, Zach. Oh man, I just don't understand. I don't understand how you have Rod Delmore, Jonathan Taylor over Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Zach, and you have Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Let my takes breathe, Zach. Oh man, wow, let him breathe. Wow, let him breathe. As co founder of this podcast, I'm requiring all employees to take drug tests after tonight. (laughs) This is ridiculous. (laughs) All right, all right. All right. Well, we'll we'll go ahead and end the podcast here. Um, this is a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, you know, we're used to running for an hour and a half, but um, you know, this week we we shortened it a little bit. I think that we this has been a fun episode. This has been a weird episode, but it's been a fun episode. Yeah, it was definitely a good change of pace. Um, we don't always want to bore you guys with statistics and just constantly being super super serious so we're gonna try to bring y'all a little bit more con like a little a little bit more diverse content we'll still bring you the facts the hot takes um our predictions we'll still be constantly posting on social media about things we've talked about um but we definitely wanted to kind of make it a little bit lighter mood so you guys don't listen to an hour and a half of yards per carry and how many yards per game the defense is giving up. We wanted to give y'all our true, honest opinions and put all our effort into this. So it, we definitely ch- had a change of pace this episode. Right. Um, man, I, I was just trying to check the Instagram account to see how many followers we have right now. Um, someone tried to sign into my account from Bangkok. So uh, <laughs> check your passwords, guys. Cyber Cybersecurity is super, uh, super serious. So to be fair, we have 62 followers on Instagram as of right 62 now. 62 followers. And you know what 62 is more than? It's more than 50. I promise you guys a live stream at 50 followers. Um, you know, we're not going to do that. Obviously not this episode. Um, but coming up soon, you know, we're going to try to build a little bit more of a following first. Um, we're going to have, you know, try to see if people are actually interested in watching a live stream. Um, and if they are, you know, Zach and I, you know, we, we found ways that we can live stream the podcast that way. We can uh, take questions. We can talk about maybe what y'all want to hear about. Uh, and, and on that note, even if you aren't interested in the live stream, uh, you know, our DMs are still open. We have our Instagram page. Uh, that's at the underscore blue bloods on Instagram. Uh, we actually started a Twitter page. Uh, we should start posting content on it pretty soon. And I'll get the username out there. I told you guys that I told you guys the wrong handle last time. Apparently someone has the handle at the underscore blue bloods on Twitter. We don't know what we're going to do about it. Um, I'm just going to report them to Twitter, Zach. Uh, I don't. I don't really know at this point. Maybe they'll get taken off. We can steal it. I don't know, man. It's a calculus account for 2011, guys. So 
we'll so, get that handled hey, for if you're a big math guy um if you're a big analytics nerd like zach maybe go follow the account still there you go you never know you might get some good homework yeah, but, zone. but yeah definitely be on the lookout for more instagram posts coming uh your guys way we are uh so we took a we took it into our own hands now we are officially getting this thing on apple Podcasts. It, 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 even if we, I have to take the paper myself to like the CEO's office, <laughs> we are getting it on Apple Podcasts. Um, we are but, we are barging into Silicon Valley um, in the coming weeks to to to. I'm just bringing my laptop and I'm going to show them the podcast. They're going to love it, and we are going to be on Apple Podcasts before you know it. Yes, but right now you can catch our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and a new one that we just got approved is Pocket Cast. Um, I know that Anchor is a free app you can download. Just create an account. You can find us on there. I know Spotify is a little weird. You might have to have a subscription, but just go out and find our content, man. YouTube is free. Just look up the Blue Bloods. We'll be on there. We we post all our episodes on there. That's where we'll live stream eventually. So uh, one big announcement me and Brandon have talked about, even if we don't do a live stream up until then, which we most likely will, the week our preview episode before rivalry rivalry week um the week of thanksgiving you can we'll do a live sleep a a live stream um to preview that big weekend of football um we will guarantee all that we already have that in the work so that'll be a huge episode that we will live stream and do a bunch of fun stuff and we may even have some special guests that episode, so be on the lookout for that. That is something y'all can look forward to. Special guests, watch out for that. Um, another thing is that we are going to try to be producing more content. Uh, I know that we've been releasing the bi-weekly podcast. Um, we're not sure what kind of content yet, but we want to keep our Instagram stream flowing. We want more and more listeners. We want to do more of what you guys want. And so uh, and able to, you know, to be able to do that, we are going to – do everything in our power to produce as much content as possible. Um, you know, we, we already don't have lives, so why not make that even more true now um, and <laughs> occupy all of our time with this? We already kind of do that with sports anyway. Yeah, no doubt. But just stay interactive. Um, if you have any ideas, like please reach out, uh, comment on stuff, let us know your opinion. Let us know who you think is full of it. Let us know your hot takes. Uh, we will give shout outs on podcasts for takes that we both uh, really, really like and really find that it's out it. there. I might steal it. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but but okay. yeah, so we appreciate everyone listening. Um, Thank you so never, much. Yeah, never in my life do I think I'd do a podcast where we'd even reach five people and we're having 50 listeners per episode. That is mind-blowing to me. So shout out to all you guys for being awesome. Yeah, I didn't really think anyone would want to listen to us talk. I thought this would just be a fun thing to do for us. But thank everybody for – I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, And I think that's a wrap.